Hey, it's Lisa Carlin from Attacking Third to tell you about the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. It's equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend. The Hyundai Santa Fe features available all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, plus available dual wireless charging pads, ensuring that you can take on any adventure. It's ski season, and with the all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe, I can easily load the car with all my gear plus my friends in the third row and make it right to the base of the slopes with all-wheel drive. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Gold Cup recap episode alongside Darian Jenkins and Sandra Herrera. I'm Lisa Carlin. The United States kicked off their very first game of 2024 in the CONCACAF W Gold Cup. They played against the Dominican Republic, who played last Saturday um, in a preliminary game. They advanced to the group stages, and now they're in a group with the United States, um, Mexico, Argentina, and the Dominican Republic. U.S. against the DR last night, um, coverage all across Paramount+. Plus, and the U.S. gets their first win and first shutout, 5-0 over the Dominican Republic. Um, welcoming, guys. Good morning. It's so good to be here with you chatting with it all. I want initial first reaction thoughts from you, Sandra. What did you make of this U.S. match last night? All right. Well, first off, Lisa, like, we're back. We're back at it. Let's get it in. We brought Darian. Darian, get in. Let's go. Live. Shout out to everybody joining us. Uh, look, honestly, initial reactions to the starting lineup was, I'm here for this. Let's go. I think everything that we have all been discussing in the buildup to this Gold Cup was that we wanted to see this tournament utilized for those adjustments, for the, that tinkering. We wanted to see less capped players, uh, less experienced players getting minutes. And so when I saw this lineup drop, I said, oh, this is it. This is this is the one. This is the match day, game one. This is when you really want to kind of set that tone where you're going to say, hey, we're about to see some different things here. Uh, loved the, the Corbin Albert and uh, Olivia Moultrie start. I think that was something that possibly was planned and it made me wonder a little bit about perhaps reaction adjustment to the loss of me official you know so I, I'm looking at that it did also make me a little bit sad because I was like oh we were probably going to see some pretty cool stuff but I think we still did saw, uh, see some some fun stuff so i um, happy to see uh, some some newer faces in the mix. The starting lineup for the United States women's national team, I'll run through it for you guys. Alyssa Nayer, Jenna Knightswanger, Abby Dahlkemper, Becky Sauerbrunn, Emily Sonnet, Sam Coffey, Olivia Moultrie, Corbin Albert, Lynn Williams, Sophia Smith, and Midge Purse um, rounding out the 11 on the pitch. Uh, D, what do you think when this 11 dropped? Uh, I was hyped for it. I love that all the youngins were getting the start. Uh, I think initially we looked at each other in the studio and we're like, okay, so it's a three back. 
They're going to do some sort of modified three back. Amazing. Can't wait. And then when they put the actual graphic up and they had Jenna Nyswanger as the right center back, um, I think then it was Becky Sauerbrunn, Abby Dahl Kemper. Like it was all jumbled up. It was not how they actually came out. Um, but I was hyped. I think it's a, it was a big opportunity for these younger players and some of the vets that we've seen, you know, Midge Purcellin, Williams, Sophia Smith, to come in and prove themselves because we've been super critical. They've gotten a lot of criticism for the last, since the World Cup um, and even against China, a lot of criticism for lack of creativity, um, lack of goal scoring, wanting to see something different, which we saw a little bit before, but I think now they really started to understand the tactics of what was asked. Um, and we saw in this game them implement it a lot more. And these young players really took it in stride. I think they were the stars of the show. How about you, Lisa? Yeah, yeah um, I honestly was a little bit surprised to see this type of lineup and happy with it. It was a really pleasant surprise. Only three players were the same against the last time the U.S. went out in 2023 in December against China. Um, uh, Darian, I think it was you and I, we were talking about the average age of this team. It was just over 27. Becky Sauerbrunn brought that down a little bit with her start, um, but that is one of the youngest starts that this side has seen in a long time. And and even the average caps, right, for the group that was out there, much, much younger because they were without uh, Rose Lavelle and Lindsey Horan in the midfield that just bring a lot of experience to this group. I was really shocked to not see Naomi Gurma in the starting lineup. That's what I will say. I was incredibly, incredibly shocked. She is uh, the stalwart in the back line for this U.S. side moving forward. And the fact that Becky Sauerbrunn got the start was very shocking to me. She wasn't initially called into this camp. She was brought in as an injury replacement player. So it was Alana Cook really who Becky Sauerbrunn replaced. Was Alana Cook really expected to play as many minutes? Do you think um... – with Becky coming in and Mia Fischel's injury that they maybe wanted some stability, like some old guard leadership on the pitch yeah. to kind of maintain the energy and that sort of veteran experience. Do you think that? Was yeah, I think part? that's a good shout for sure. Um, it, it, right. Like you have to remember the timeline and the ripple of effects. Alana Cook is replaced by Becky Sauerbrunn days ago. So Becky Sauerbrunn has time to get into camp and to practice and to play with them. And then Mia Fischel goes out who it, it, Jenny Chu on the ground, our boots on the ground in California during this tournament talked about how they were expecting Fischl to play a lot of minutes during this W Gold Cup, um, which breaks a lot of people's hearts, mine included. So the game plan has to change once you're losing a player like that, that you're expecting to play so many minutes. So I think it is a good point, but I just was shocked that Jenna or that um, Naomi Gurman didn't start and instead it was Becky Sauerbrunn or, or not instead, but that that was happening because to me, I think that Naomi Gurma is a solid center back that no, she's not a veteran, but she has a lot of experience. She has a lot of caps. She knows how to control the tempo of a game. But um, so that was just something that stuck out to me. Um, I want to talk a little bit tactic wise, because what was the formation? What ultimately was happening? I want to see if we three can come to a consensus here because I've seen a lot of different things on the internet, heard a lot of different things. What formation did you think they were playing in the first 10 minutes, Darian? I was like, okay, so it's a 2-3-5. <laughs> so they wanted a third center back that's a mock six slash wing back to go as a double pivot Emily Sonnet. Emily Sonnet. 
to start, who then was taken out for Emily Fox, you know, like for like in some ways, but um, and then load up the front because you knew that Dominican Republic are going to be in a low block. They're going to just try to keep them out, try to keep the score low. Um, and then they had I I like the tactics of it because they put all of their tech U.S. put all of their technical players in these really tight pockets where there's going to be no sort of long passes they're going to cut across the field. Very rarely, maybe a couple from Sam Coffey, but it was going to be a lot of tiki-taka, one touch, two touch, quick turns in the pocket, a lot of bouncing off of each other. Um, They started to cross towards the end of the game a little bit more from further away, but yeah, I, I liked the tactics. I liked the staying tight, staying in pockets, being really, really clean on the ball. I think that's something that the U.S. has now been pushed to adapt to, especially after the World Cup and seeing how other teams play. Um, it, it was a big, big adjustment, but I, I liked it. I was here for it. I don't know if it'll work against every other team, but it's another wrinkle into their game for when teams are in a low block. I think that that's probably, this point is probably my most favorite thing coming out of this game. What was it? What did it all mean? <laughs> I love that everyone's got, you know, was seeing like similar things, but also different things at different moments and stretches of this game. I think at one point I was like, wow, this is so cool. Like, is this going to be the new era of the 3-4-3? But after sitting with it a little bit, kind of going back and taking a look at some highlights, I, I honestly just wonder if this is a bit of continuity with confidence for interim head coach Twyla Kilgore and this group are we really just seeing the that continuation of a four two three one a little bit with that kind of dual pivot I really I really loved what we saw in in this first 45 uh the the dynamic uh sort of chemistry that we're starting to see with coffee with Asanen I thought it worked very well I think a lot of times when you're not talking about those type of players are maybe saying their names too often you're kind of like what are they doing but they're literally doing their jobs I think Mm -hmm. in that aspect when you're not maybe kind of uh making those notes on them so I I think after sitting with a little bit I think maybe that's what this is it's a little bit of what Twyla Kilgore has told us that she's wanted this group to still work on there's been a lot of emphasis on that final round of 16 game coming out of the world cup how that group finally got a bit of Confidence, comfortability in the concept of playing a little bit more freely. Yes, obviously it was do or die as well. That had a lot to do with it. But I think kind of sitting sitting with it, I'm like, I think this is literally just it. And I think what we're hearing coming out of, of this game specifically are players who are bought into that with with understanding of their roles and confidence within that and now playing sort of with that freedom and fluidity that we were wondering where it went missing during that World Cup specifically. With Sam Coffey in the midfield, I mean, that's a player that I wanted to see time um, under Twyla Kilgore at this this tournament specifically. And to see her in that role, I really liked it. It was simple. It was, can she connect from one side to the other? Can she swing the ball around? Um, but it the formation was fun. It honestly was really fun to to watch and see. I thought it was a little bit more of like a, Four three four, it eh, unstructured, right? Incredibly unstructured, or like a three two four one type situation. There was at times like a box in the midfield between Moultrie, Albert, Coffee, and Sonnet, 
um, which I think played really well into what the U.S. needed to do, which was get numbers in there and uh, swing the ball around and, and go back and forth and probe and prod at this low block that the Dominican Republic was was throwing out there. Um, all right. Throughout this U.S. game, it, it started fast and it started quick for them. Um, well, let's run through like the timeline of events for this United States against the Dominican Republic because they were playing at, in Dignity Health Sports Park as the second game of the night after a long rainy day. So there was some waterlogged areas on the pitch. The rain was coming down as well for spurts throughout this game. And it started really, really quick in the opening couple of minutes of this game. Everyone thought the U.S. was on the board in the opening two minutes, um, but ultimately that goal does get called back. They really did start fast, though, Darian. Um, when you think about this game and everything that happened, take us through some of the timing and, and the minutes that went down with the U.S. Yeah, so to start off, they came in hot. Um, Lynn Williams off of a corner. You know, this was kind of the what we expected to happen from the start, but after the VAR check, see Sophia Smith is offside in front of the keeper. Um, had to call that one back. But shortly after, Mitch Purse just started getting her bag. She was cooking Dyson up the right flank, cutting balls across the box. I love that she's feeling so confident right now. Um, how many one successful 1v1 battles she had in this game is a testament just to how much she's developed as a winger. Um and then you see Olivia Moultrie. I love her celebration because we were all like, is she happy? What's going on? Come on, celebrate, celebrate. But I'm sure she was overwhelmed by the moment. Uh, but Midge Purse, her second of the night, getting the ball in the box. Lynn Williams finally gets her goal with a tap in. Uh, I love uh, Midge Purse was talking to Jenny after the match. And Midge was saying, you know what? We're working on getting the easy goals. Not everything has to be hard. Um, we're working on just, you know, tactically being better. And then Midge with her third of the night, I would call it a cross or a shot. She might call it a cross, but Olivia Moultrie, I think we need to highlight her because she was all over the pitch. She was a six and eight, a 10, a winger, a nine at some points all over. Um, and then sadly, our girl Reed for Dominican Republic late in the game gave away a penalty after a VAR check against Jaden Shaw. Uh, you know, just a late tackle, a little sloppy, I think tired legs, but NWSL Rookie of the Year puts the penalty away, calm, cool, and collected. And then here, Trinity Rodman coming in, and again, Reed just doing her best, but takes her out. This was a clear and obvious penalty, in my opinion, and after VAR check, Alex Morgan steps up to the spot and gets her redemption. It's been almost a year since she scored, and she puts it away, and you can see how much this moment means to her. And... I, I love this for her because I think it resets a lot of confidence maybe that dropped pre-World Cup and then hit it a low during the World Cup. And I'm sure she's had a chip on her shoulder. It's not the way you want to come into camp as an injury replacement player. Um, but I know that that helped a lot. And that leadership and star power that she has, I think, means a lot to this young team. Um, so I'm happy she got her goal. But, I, guys, I predicted 8-0. <laughs> <laughs> No one was letting me live that down last night. <laughs> I mean, five. I respect it though. I respect it though. Like the it's here. That's the energy. The energy is here. Like there's an incoming manager in Emma Hayes. This this group has had Twyla Kilgore at, at the head of the team for seven matches now. They're undefeated with her under her with with just one draw. Right. The the rest are wins. 
And there's excitement ar- around these camps with with those newer faces, with those less cat, cat players getting in, into the mix. And you're finally playing in another tournament post-World Cup elimination. There is that excitement. So, of course, we weren't letting you live that down with the 8-0. <laughs> but I love the energy because I think it's in it's in line with with some of what we've been picking up on, right, from these players yeah. and, 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 and the coaching staff. So, I I initially had had three zero just because my feeling going into it was for all those other reasons for all those same reasons but going the opposite way of the pendulum right like they're all the same reasons but you felt maybe it would be higher scoring I felt maybe it would be lower scoring and for a, a while there was but things like exhaustion come into play when you are dedicating so much of that energy defensively to chase that kind of ball around the pitch and. We saw those mistakes come into play, unfortunately. Then it went from a, a 3-0 to, to a 5-0. So I, I, I feel for, for Dominican Republic because they not only were they kind of showing up for, for themselves and for their country, making some history here, but they're also coming off that preliminary match. You know, I'm just, I was just curious, the quick turnaround for them. When were we going to see those kind of tired legs kind of kick in and we could kind of go back and see in the highlights when, when exactly that occurred? Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. For this U.S. side, uh, it started early. Olivia Moultrie goal in the eighth minute. Lynn Williams gets one in the 30th minute. Uh, Both assisted. Well, uh, assisted by Mitch Purse, but Olivia Moultrie's first goal, the assist is going to be credited to Sophia Smith. Um, She gets a little toe poke on there. Yeah, she gets a little toe pokes, but Purse gets the hockey assist. She sends a really good cross in. Um, and then at halftime, 2-0, Olivia Moultrie and uh, Lynn Williams with the goals. And then 
in the 58th minute, Olivia Moultrie gets her brace. That is the second assist for Mitch Purse. Um, a, a slew of substitutes come in. Trinity Rodman, Alex Morgan, Jaden Shaw around the 65th minute. Um, Rodman for Mitch Purse, Alex Morgan for Sophia Smith, and Jaden Shaw for Olivia Moultrie. Um, ultimately, Rose Lavelle did check into the game around the 77th minute for Cor- Corbin Albert. And then there were two penalty calls at the end of the match that uh, did go to VAR. The first one, uh, Rookie of the Year in the NWSL, defender Jenna Nicewanger steps up. Um, love to see that. First international goal. The penalty is drawn from Jaden Shaw. And in the 86th minute, uh, Nightswanger puts it away. And then in stoppage time, um, uh, Brianne Reed for the Dominican Republic commits another foul. Poor gal, as you mentioned, D. And, and this time it's Alex Morgan steps up to finish the final goal for the United States. 5-0 at the end of it. But for the Dominican Republic, they had a game plan. They were going to sit in a low block. Um, they were going to make it really difficult for the United States to get through and in and force them to problem solve. How do you assess the United States' ability to break down the Dominican Republic's low block? Sandra, Darian, either of you. Sandra, I'll let you go first. Uh, I hate to bring it down to to one player, but Mitch Purse. For me, I think she's been, as far as um, an attacking-minded player, probably the player who's been most informed. I think that we could make that argument for this team specifically since maybe last November to, to now, into 2024. I also think with her mindset, as we heard her speak to a, a little bit about that after the game, trying to get more into that mindset of, of what it means to be a winger. While it's difficult to um, kind of change your thinking as a forward, that it's not maybe always about getting that final touch to finish in goal. Sometimes maybe it's about being that creator, generating those dangerous moments of attack, finding those pockets, finding the open lane, and even maybe just whipping the ball in across sometimes. And she was doing all of that in this game. But I think in that switch that we're watching her make in real time is also we have to to, to shout out her her footballing IQ because to do that while having these adjustments made, newer players in the mix, players that you don't play with often, we're talking a Moultrie, a Corbin Albert, the fact that you're getting in the mix on the pitch with these players and still understanding your role and making sure you are that teammate that collaborator alongside with them, I think is really important. Major shout to her and her, and her awareness and, and her vision because they were linking up. I think we're talking about those hockey assists while maybe uh purse gets one that, that one early on with, with Smith. I think maybe we also look to, to Moultrie and her movement. And we take a look at Corbin Albert and what she was trying to provide for, for this team in the attack as well. So I think that was the other thing for me, the combinations that we were getting a look at in, in this game in particular, these trios from time to time in the buildup in, in these attacks, I think were really something that stood out for me. Yeah, Sandra, I agree. Uh Mitch Purse stood out for me because I think she's a player that's been on the bubble for so long with this U.S. Women's National Team as an outside back, as a forward. Uh, And this was a big opportunity for every player on the pitch to prove why they should be starting, why they should get minutes, why they should be considered for the She Believes Cup for the Olympics. And I think she did that. I think she really grasped it. And 
was able to flare her personality. I think along for a long time we've seen these U.S. women's national team players look a little stifled from what we know they can do because they're trying to fit into a system that maybe doesn't allow them the freedom to ball out like we saw her do yesterday. And then another shout out you gave Olivia Moultrie. I thought she was fantastic. Uh, this system fits her well. She likes to be tight in pockets. But not just that, it was her movement around the pitch that I think separated her from everyone else and why she got the two goals. If you look at where she was, she was playing the 10. She was in the nine position. She was rotating with Midge Purse. She was in the six. Um, she was sometimes over where Lynn Williams was on the left side. She was constantly moving, but she never looked like she was sprinting anywhere. She was just buzzing around and maintaining possession of the ball and being super clean. And I think that shows such maturity for somebody who's only 18 years old on the US Women's Same. National Team. <laughs> it's, it's insanity. So I think we're just seeing the beginning of what she can really do because I still think she's maybe playing a little safe, maybe a little more timid where maybe she'll add in flair and take some shots from distance and maybe have some more confidence in doing so moving forward. And I think this formation sets her up to do that. But I think she was another standout player for me that led the team through her action. Olivia Moultrie earning just her third cap in this game, and she gets a brace. Um, Corbin Albert, she was in the midfield as well. This was just her second cap. I really liked her. I think that for someone who hasn't been in and around these U.S. camps often, right? I mean, it, this was only her second cap and, and only her second camp. I think she fit in really well in the midfield. She was good on the ball. Um, her off-ball movement was really good. She was aggressive. She wanted the ball in those really tight spaces. And her and Moultrie played pretty well together yeah. with what they were able to do, their little passes. They they looked like they were kids in the yard playing. And and that is something that we haven't seen in a while from this U.S. side. Um Moultrie, 18, Corbin Albert, 20 years old. It, it works. Hey, if they're good enough, put them out there and let them play because I think having the confidence in themselves and their teammates having confidence in them to play in such small, small spaces um, right in front of the 18-yard box allowed them to thrive because that's exactly where they want to be on the ball. Uh, ultimately, Mitch Purse, she is named woman of the match with two braces and, and her ability to just break down the low block, drive at the end line, pick off crosses. Uh, feel like she had the ball the entire game. She caught up with uh, our attacking third and our very own Jenny Chu after the game. Take a listen to what Mitch Purse had to say. Midge Purse, two assists on the night. How did everything work out for you to be so successful today? Oh gosh. <laughs> um, Twyla gave a really good game plan. Uh, we worked a lot tactically about getting into those spaces and getting into the 1v1 zone and making a lot more tactical goals in the sense where like, we want tap-ins, we want easy goals, like easy finishes in that goal zone. So um, I think she did a really good job of making sure we're all on the same page. We saw a lot of free-flowing play that we haven't seen from the U.S. national team. How did that kind of help you guys on the attack? And we see those um, those passes that you're talking about and the touch-ins, but how, did, how much more free do you feel in your position? Oh, super free. I think that, you know, we're playing against a low block, so it gives an opportunity for a lot of creativity, and we have a lot of creative players in the front line. So uh, it, was, it was really fun. It was a fun day. Talk about the last year you've had, though, because this is not the first time we've seen a couple of assists from you, obviously in the NWSL final as well, and the, the awesome game that you've had. But how have you grown your game so much lately and kind of shown that you deserve to be on this roster? 
I think the next step for me was prioritizing playmaking more than getting that final touch on the goal. I think. I mean, I want to score goals. <laughs> I don't know what for it does it, but I think the evolution of uh, a good winger is to create for their nines and create for the other forwards. So that's what I'm really focused on right now. And what do you want to take from this game into the game against Argentina that you saw your team did well? I want to take the freedom into that game and just we had some really good moments, some good build-up moments, uh, and re-attacking over and over again and keeping the possession in the final third instead of like having big transitions and just going straight to goal. So I hope that we can keep keep uh, attacking over and over again. Beautiful. Thank you, Mitch. Congratulations. You. We'll see you against Argentina. Thank you. Amazing to hear from Midge Purse. Um, interesting. I just want everyone to hear. She talks about herself being a forward. She says forwards. What forward doesn't want to score goals? I don't think she was a defender in this game at all. <laughs> I, love I don't it. think that she was playing in the back line at all. I don't think that was part of her tactics. I don't know. Maybe it was a four two or four three three type of play. Um, but uh, overall thoughts on, on what purse had to say, final thoughts on this game for the United States against the DR Darian kind of wrap us up as we tie a bow on this match. Yeah, I, I agree with everything Mitch said, mind you, I've played with Mitch since we were about 13 years old, I believe. So to see her game, she's always been a player that wants to (laughs) score. We know yeah. that she's going she's gonna to shoot the ball. But, the, but there's a difference between a player that wants to score and a forward that wants to score. Oh, okay, okay. I see, I see. I'll, I'll give a forward. She's a forward that always wants to score. She's going <laughs> to shoot the ball. So to see her get her head up and pick crosses out, which I think is something she's had sometimes in her game, but hasn't been consistent in it, especially I think in more of the obvious times where she wants to shoot, you know, she wants to score, where there's maybe a better opportunity for cross. We saw that wrinkle to her game here, and I love it. I love that she wants to be more of a technical, tactical uh, playmaker, very creative. I think the system suits her really well, and I love seeing that the players are bought into Twyla Kilgore and Emma Hayes' tactics because before, it looked like everyone was on an island. Nobody really was sure of their roles. You felt robotic. Now we see, we're seeing these players thrive, so I'm here for it. The only criticism yeah. I have, it should have been 8-0. They had every opportunity <laughs> to score. They're, like you, you have to finish. Other teams are not going to give you that many chances to put balls in the box or go 1v1 or have shots from distance, and I think that's something they need to add in. I know it's going to come with time because they're building chemistry, but that's probably my biggest takeaway is I want to see more aggression, more, more desire to yeah. score those goals, more confidence going forward. Yeah, I wanted a little more, a few more shots from distance yeah. as well. Um, U.S. ultimately they top Group A after their opening game, three points in a five-nil win over the Dominican Republic. The other two nations in this Concacaf Gold Cup Group A, Argentina against Mexico, they kicked off their group play last night as well. Um, it, it was a rainy, bad field conditions, a, a tough match to watch. Ultimately. Argentina and Mexico draw nil-nil. Doesn't help them out at all. Either one in the standings as they split the points. Sandra, um, what'd you make of this Argentina-Mexico match? Rough. Tough, I should re- I should say. Right, Lisa, should I bring T-U-F-F back? Too ugly for feedback? Oh, I no. can't give it to you, <laughs> but I'm going to try. Uh, I mean, look, I-, I think there was a soggy, gross pitch at play here, right? And it, and, and the victims were were Mexico and Argentina, I think, in, in, in that aspect. But there's you can't control that type of stuff. There are two teams playing within it. And the 
fact of the matter is there was an opportunity early for Mexico to sort of kind of really take this game by the scruff of the neck and run away with it. And unfortunately, a penalty kick was not converted by Rebecca Bernal in this one. And it allowed Argentina to sort of get back into the mix and kind of go toe-to-toe with Mexico. We saw some physicality that they presented to Mexico that I think that they were unable to kind of play out of or make those those adjustments and then ultimately kind of an ugly game kind of just stay that way throughout the end of, of the match and uh, that was exactly my reaction I think I tweeted it out immediately as as the game ended Lisa that in a tournament like this where knockout rounds are going to include the top two teams in each group but also the top two third place finishers I think goal differential is absolutely going to be massive yeah. in this tournament. And Argentina and Mexico did themselves zero favors with a scoreless draw here. So unfortunately, this was a tournament that we we want to we wanted to see Mexico take that next step after coming off of such a strong 2023. And to really go in here and target this game against Argentina as this moment that they have arrived. And I don't think they were able to, to capture that. Now, what I want to see outside of that is hopefully they can make all those quick adjustments and hold their heads up high and have good games and success against Dominican Republic um, and see how, how that how that works. And then Argentina, they've got a tough turnaround, too, going yeah. up against the United States because now they're going up against yeah. the team, top team in the group. Yeah. In Group A, Dominican Republic will face Mexico that match Friday, 7.30 Eastern time, of course, on Paramount+. Plus. Darian, Argentina is the next match for the United States, that match also on Friday. Um, from what the U.S. did against the DR, from what we saw Argentina do against Mexico, uh, what do you think about Argentina versus USA? What needs to happen in this one? Uh, I don't see Argentina sitting in that compact of a low block. So I think we're going to see a little bit of different tactics from the U.S., I hope. Uh, Like I said, I think this is an opportunity where if Twyla and Emma Hayes to begin building this team where they can adapt in real time during the run of play against opposition when maybe they come out not not as they expected. Uh, So... I think it's going to be a little bit more open. Argentina is going to try to attack. I don't think they're going to be, you know, they have La Roquette who loves to attack. I don't, she's not the best defender in the world. So I think that they're going to have a little bit possession higher up the pitch with her. Um, and it'll open it up. I, I do see the U.S. scoring some goals. Uh, I think maybe we'll see some more confidence with those long range shots, um, building on these connections with the crosses and, you know, the triangles in the middle of the pitch and breaking them down. Um, but yeah, I, I'm gutted for Argentina and Mexico. They didn't do themselves any favors moving forward with the rest of this group. But I'm I'm going to say the U.S. is going to come out with a convicting win on this next game. The United States tops their Group A with a 5-0 win over Dominican Republic. Argentina and Mexico drew 0-0. And that was match day one for Group A. It now is match day one for Group B. In that group, it's Brazil, Colombia, Panama, and Puerto Rico. The CONCACAF W Gold Cup continues tonight, Wednesday, February 21st. Panama against Colombia at 7.30 Eastern, and then Brazil against Puerto Rico afterwards at 10.15. You can watch those matches on Paramount Plus and Galazzo Network. And we have all of your coverage for the entire Gold Cup on Attacking Third, on Gold on Paramount Plus with Darian Jenkins, Sandra Herrera, our own Jenny Chu is on the ground out there and our 
extensive studio crew here uh, at the Galazzo Network. All right, Darian, Sandra, thanks so much, guys. This was awesome. The United States plays again on Friday. We'll be back with so much more then. Thanks for watching.